Good morning. It's such a great blessing to be preaching again this Christmas. When Mr. Paul asked me if I wanted to preach this year, I was super excited and immediately said yes. He asked me to preach a message on the good news because that's the name of the play this year. By the way, what an amazing job by all of you. Anyways, in a world full of bad news, wouldn't you like to hear some good news every once in a while? Someone once said, bad news travels at the speed of light while good news travels at the speed of molasses. Another quote I found says, bad news is common, good news is rare. Speaking of bad news, has anyone tried to watch the news lately? How did that make you feel? Depressed, I'm sure. So if I were a news anchor bringing you the latest world reports, it would go something like this. Hello, I'm Nathan Prather with BNN. That's bad news now if you're not familiar with our program. We always bring you the latest breaking bad news as it happens. Have to say, things are looking pretty grim as it relates to global warming. We have crossed the threshold into uncharted territory with greenhouse gas emissions. Icebergs are still melting in Antarctica. Sea levels are rising. Pollution has increased in New York from 34% from last year. The latest report says another catastrophic dust cloud is forming over Asia and that it could reach America as early as February 2024. None of these events have ever been recorded in the history of mankind. Our planet is in peril. Our only hope of existence now lies in the hands of Elon Musk to colonize Mars if we are to escape certain extinction on our doomed planet. Well, folks, that's all we have for now. Should there be any late breaking bad news, don't fear. We'll be the first to report it. Reporting live, I'm Nathan Prather with BNN, where our motto is, if it's not bad news, it's not news. <laughs> Give me a break. If I had to do that every day, I would quit my job. Now, I've been doing my own investigative historical studies on news, and I've concluded that modern news has a terrible impact on people. One study shows nearly four out of ten people completely avoid the news. Now, regular news is almost always bad. In fact, 85% of it is negative. That means only 15 contains anything positive. Very rarely is there good news on television. Don't let the bearers of bad news become the pallbearers of your happiness. I'm not here as a bad news reporter this morning. I'm here as a good news preacher. This morning, I'm going to talk about... This morning, I'm going to talk about the good news contained in this book of hope, healing, and promises. Because this book contains all good news. Because God is not the author of fear or confusion. By the way, bad news didn't start when TV and radio were invented. Not by a long shot. No, it started shortly after man was created in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned, by eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's when the first bad news began. Look at Genesis 3, 6 through 7. It says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. In one single moment of time, sin separated God from mankind. Now look at Genesis 3, 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. God cannot be around sin. And according to verse 8, God had been walking and talking with Adam and Eve daily. 
And I don't know about you, but that would be pretty cool to walk and talk with God every day. Like I said, though, when sin came, rather than walking with God, they found themselves naked and separated from God. And because of sin, God couldn't be around Adam and Eve anymore. But, as Paul Harvey would say, now for the rest of the story. As far as I'm concerned, that's the last of the bad news in this message. Because, like I said earlier, God doesn't specialize in bad news. Look at an amazing verse found in Genesis 3.21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Now, the only way for Adam and Eve to be able to talk to God or even be close to God again would be because of that sacrifice. It took the life of an innocent lamb to clothe Adam and Eve that day. And in a world full of bad news, God proclaimed good news. And that good news was a Savior is on the way. 1 Peter 1, 19 and 20 says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. That word, foreordained, means that God pre-knew that man would sin. So he also pre-ordered salvation. I like to look at that sacrifice like a gift-wrapped package for all of humanity. And that package is Jesus. Did you know that from the moment of the first sin, it would be 3,974 years, 6 months, and 10 days before Jesus would be born in Bethlehem? Facts. But all along the way, God let people know that their salvation was coming. I want to use an example. So, you know when you order a package, you have to wait, right? And while you're waiting, you're usually given a tracking number. This tracking number helps you identify the package and keep up with its status. So something happened to me a while back, and I ordered this really nice sweatshirt. I ordered it off of Amazon, and it wasn't long before I got a tracking number. With this tracking number, I could see where my package actually shipped, where my package came from, where it was going, and every stop in between. could also see where my package was right then. With each update, I could see that my sweatshirt, which came from California, um, was getting closer and closer to Georgia until the final update said out for delivery. I was very excited to finally receive it. <coughs> the same way God had a package on the way for all mankind, there are multiple examples in the Bible of the tracking number for salvation. Salvation not originated in the Garden of Eden and ultimately made its way all the way to Bethlehem. Isaiah 53, 5-6 may be the most popular one in all the Bible. It says... But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid him the iniquity of us all. Do you know that Isaiah wrote that about Jesus some 700 years before he was even born? Jesus always was, always is, and always will be the good news. The package was not just a sweatshirt like mine, but it was a Messiah who would come and die for our sins. Now, the first recorded tracking number can be found in Genesis 3.21, when the innocent lamb gave its life for Adam and Eve. That lamb represented the blood that will one day be shed for all men's sin. I see some more tracking information in the coat of many colors that belonged to Joseph, the one that the brothers tore off of him after rejecting him in Genesis 37.31. And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This have we found. 
Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And if you look up the word kid in that verse, it means sacrificial animal. 21 years later, Joseph will become the savior of his brothers. Both Joseph and his coat in many colors and the blood of the innocent animal were all tracking numbers of a Messiah who would come and be the savior of the world. Not just a savior of the good people, but a savior of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I did say that, didn't I? Think about it. Scripture is made up of all types of people from the best, including Joseph, Daniel, Esther, and Ruth, to the worst, like Joseph's brothers, the woman taken in adultery, and the thief on the cross. John would one day loudly proclaim in John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There is also the blood of an innocent lamb that was put on the doorpost in Exodus 12.7. Even it was a picture of Christ being crucified for the sins of all mankind. Verse 7 says, And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. Fifteen hundred years before Jesus would be delivered, God painted a picture of the cross on every door that night, sending them a notification that salvation was on the way. Now, picture Jesus on the cross with his hands and feet pierced and a crown of thorns placed on his head. And it may have ultimately taken 3,974 years of tracking numbers, but on the night of his birth, the shepherds watching over their flocks in Luke 2, 11 through 12 were the ones God sent the final notification that God's gift to the world was out for delivery. Now Luke 2, 11 through 12 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now you may be thinking to yourself, what does that have to do with me today? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ordered anything for Christmas online lately? How many of you right now have a package that you're tracking in hopes of it coming by Christmas? Lots of us. Let me ask you a more important question. Have any of you ordered anything from God you desperately need? How many of you in here right now need God to move on a situation? Now let me say this. If you order it, God is sending it. Jesus did say in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. Sometimes good news only comes when we persist by asking, seeking, and knocking. The world needed a Savior, and God sent one the moment man failed in the garden. You and I need a Savior in our situations as well. But don't give up just because you failed him in some way. Seek him and wait for the day he sends your help. Now, I want to illustrate it with using my grandmother as an example today. My mommy Lou is so awesome. Hold on, let me grab something I brought me today. Mr. Philip, don't mute me. I'm not going far. It's heavy. So, um, last Christmas, oh, that reminds me of a song. Mommy Lou, can you stand up? Um, so, last Christmas I gave you my heart. Just kidding. See, you can be seated now. Thankfully, God made me a preacher and not a singer. So, last Christmas, my grandmother ordered a Christmas tree stand. She kept up with the tracking number, and sure enough, 
finally arrived. But when she opened it, her surprise, it wasn't a Christmas tree stand at all. In fact, the box weighed about 25 pounds. What she actually received was an axle of some sort. So my grandmother doesn't need an axle. So what in the world would she even do with one? By the way, if anyone in here needs the axle, it'll be right here at the end of the church. So let me relate it like this. When it comes to you needing one thing, and it seems that God sent you the exact opposite. Mommy Lou didn't feel like she needed what she was sent and was able with one more request to finally get her Christmas tree stand on the way. And what she didn't realize is that maybe the only reason she received the axle was for God to be able to use in my message this morning. Now, I'm learning in life that the life of a Christian is much the same way. We can pray for what we think we want, but God can give us something completely different. But why would you quit praying? Just because you got bad news doesn't mean God can't turn it into good news. Now, we may not be able to use what we got then, but it may be helpful down the road. I have a few examples to share with you this morning. Now, in 2014, when I was three, gee, now I feel old, um, my mama was in a hurry to get home because she had to go to work, and in between the stress of nursing school and work and being, in, and being a mom and also having a sick parent, she was very distracted. And there was a sharp turn exiting the hospital, and she ran up on the curb and popped a tire. Now, when I look back on that situation, my life verse comes to mind, and it's found in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. To me, it means not to worry when something doesn't go our way. Trust me, God's been here longer than us. In fact, the Bible says that God has no beginning and he has no end. So, even though we don't understand, we should learn to trust him, not ask so many questions. We see the immediate. He sees the ending. Now, even though she did pop a tire, God still had a plan. Maybe there's a wreck on the way home God saved us from. Now, even though we wanted to get home, God had a different plan. So we called my grandmother to come pick us up. And I guess what I'm trying to say this morning is that as a Christian, we just need to wait on him like others had to in the scriptures. Bad news is common, like I said. Good news is rare. Now, lots of bad news to going around before Jesus came. The children of Israel have been in slavery for 400 years. But the good news was that God sent Moses to rescue them, and he led them to the promised land. And Goliath came, and he tried to defeat the Israelites. But the good news, God sent David to defeat him. You can see from just these two examples that bad news was happening for a long time, but good news always comes in the end. Think about it. Our world seems to be all bad news lately. Israel's at war, inflation's to the roof, interest rates are soaring, crime is rampant, good is now evil, and evil is now good. Our government is going crazy. Can I get an amen? Yeah. You've all heard the bad news reports, but let's look at one final verse. If you have a Bible, turn to Luke 2.10. It says, Fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. Now, I believe the reason why this angel said fear not was because he knew the world had been bad news for so long that if someone sees an angel, they're automatically going to think it's bad news. 
And the angel said, fear not, order to comfort the shepherds. And also in this verse, it says, I bring you good tidings. Now, good tidings is just another word for good news, the title of the message. Now, when the angel said, fear not to the shepherds, I believe it relates to our life too. When something we didn't order comes into our lives, we automatically think it's bad. And when we're fearful, we'll usually just let our frustrations and fear come flowing out. But I have a tendency to cry and whine when things don't go my way. So just last night, I dropped my Lego car that I finally completed last month. It's a meticulous build, and I was so proud of it. After trying to rebuild it without the instructions, because I had thrown them away, I got frustrated and started crying. But my amazing dad saw me crying and calmed me down, looked the instructions up online, and within minutes we had it rebuilt as good as new. My dad also told me one time that crying isn't going to get you anywhere. Why do you cry and give up? Instead, why don't you look at the situation and see if it's repairable? If you always whine and pitch a fit when things don't go your way, you're never going to get what you want in life. And I've learned from my dad that I need to change my default behavior. I can only see the immediate, but my dad could see the ending. I also had a teacher when I was young. She told me what to do when bad things happened to me. She said I need to stop, take a deep breath, and think about what I'm doing. Because I got picked on once in fifth grade. I used this principle, and because of it, I didn't get near as much trouble as I would have if I would have fought. And I see this over and over throughout Scripture. All of the sacrifices in the Old Testament represented the package. The package was Jesus. From the day Adam and Eve sinned, the world was full of bad news. But when Adam and Eve sinned, the world received this tracking number. There were many different times throughout this 3,974 years, 6 months, and 10 days, where signs appeared that the Messiah was coming. The world was full of bad news, but good news was coming. The world is full of bad news today, but the good news is Jesus is coming. Yeah. Miss Candy, can you go ahead and bring the kids back on stage? Uh, Mr. Philip, can you play some music while they're coming on stage? Um, so we're going to sing three worship songs for you guys today. And Mr. Alex has asked me to invite you to worship with us as they sing this morning. And as our pastor says, the altar is always open. And so do you guys remember when the children of Israel prayed for deliverance from the Egyptians? Rather than deliverance, they found themselves trapped between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's mighty army. With mountains on the left and the right, they felt like they had been deserted by God in the moment they needed him the most. Have you ever felt like the children of Israel facing bad news? As they saw it, they had but three choices. Swim for it and drown in panic. Turn and fight without any weapons and die tragically. Or surrender and return to the bondage they had just escaped. But as they looked at the immediate, God saw the ending. And the good news was, he had another way out they couldn't see. Moses proclaimed in Exodus 14, 13, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Isn't that the same thing God said to Adam and Eve in the, in the garden? Isn't that the same thing Joseph said to his brothers? Isn't that the same thing the angel said to the shepherds? Isn't that the same thing that God's saying about your life today? If you're in a situation and you're going to give up, don't. Press pause, think through it, and wait on God. 